is the Go Blue Crew. Derek, there is a former Michigan running back who will be representing the United States of America at the Winter Olympics. You know who it is, so make a dramatic announcement, please. It's the YouTube sensation himself. I'm not talking about Nick Stauskas, also a YouTube sensation, but Sam McGuffey, a name that I guess I've heard a few times because of this Bob said thing that he was on some kind of team that trying to make the Olympics, but official. He is going to be representing the USA, and I think that a lot of people might consider him kind of a wash and, and someone who kind of failed out of the University of Michigan. And he had an okay uh, last couple of years at, at Rice. But for him to make the U.S. bobsled team, Tyler, it has to be something that a lot of guys wish they could say. I mean, to just to, to be in the Olympics is is dramatically different than maybe other backup running backs in Michigan's past. I I had no idea this was even a possibility. I did not know that Sam McGuffey was in this line of work at all. Just it hit me. I saw it on Twitter. I was like, what in the world? Sam McGuffey. I know that name. I was like, oh my God, he played for Michigan. Now he's going to the Olympics. I, it just, it's great that, uh, you know, something positive is happening to the football program, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, you, if you want to count that, then yeah, absolutely. I'm super thrilled, and I think the future looks good for Michigan football. Maybe some guys uh, that either transfer out of the program or, or don't quite make it to the NFL can can also be on the uh, bobsled team in the future. <laughs> the meat of today's show is obviously going to be basketball. Uh, Michigan has beaten Michigan State and Maryland for two wins in a row. They could have won so many in a row if they hadn't lost by one to Purdue. But these wins against Michigan State and Maryland, both pretty dramatic. But you would think if if Michigan was going to beat one by ten and one by one, it would have been the other way around, right? Yeah, absolutely. I look at the schedule, like you said, it could have been ten wins in a row. Uh, you, you lose a close one that you could have probably beaten Purdue, but you beat Michigan State by 10 uh, in a game that was confusing. I mean, it was exciting, obviously. Always On good the road. To, yeah, it's always good to, to see Michigan and Michigan State battle one out. There's been a couple of, of blowouts here and there, including uh, the last visit where Michigan blew out uh, Michigan State. I think that one was at home, though. But, but yeah, a game where Michigan seemed to be in control and, and just dominated Michigan State. Uh, and, then, and then a game against Maryland were maybe a little overconfident going in. It's a little sluggish because of all the energy spent on beating a rival on the road uh, just a few days before, but they came out looking awful against Maryland and, and squeaked one by really in a game that they, that they should have lost. I think they had a 15% chance or something like that uh, when, when there were the three seconds left. And I tell you what, to, to have two wins though in a row after a, a very close defeat uh, and then obviously we referred to all those those seven wins in a row in last week's podcast Michigan is in a good place and and I think that uh, every win counts obviously and and beating Michigan State on the road a top five team uh, and kind of holding your own against some of these teams that we talked about coming up at Nebraska against Rutgers and then and then at Purdue you can win two out of three of those uh, and just lose to that Purdue. If, if you are going to lose, then Michigan's still in just as good of a spot uh, as they could be at this point. So I'm excited to see uh, these next couple of weeks and how they pan out. 
Mo Wagner stole the show against Michigan State, 27 points in 27 minutes. Uh, ran into some foul trouble. That was the reason for the 27 minutes. Eventually fouled out. Well, I mean, what kind of element did he bring to that game, given that he was only able to play 27 minutes? I feel like Mo Wagner played like he was was looking to make some money in the NBA, and, and the element he brings when he's at his best. Uh, Marilyn referred to it after after uh, their last game. It's when Mo Wagner is hot and, and when he's in the right position and making shots, making a difference both offense and defensively. Michigan is a, a very very impossible team to guard, and they've got so many weapons, so many guys that can shoot. They've got Jordan Poole coming off the the bench and hitting three threes in the in the second half. But Mo Wagner really showed you what type of player he could be. Uh, that's what the scouts are looking for. And then on the road against Michigan State in a game where we talked about last week, I thought he had to have that performance. We both did. But I also thought he could struggle. You're, you're facing a team that has a Miles Bridges who, who plays a wing but is a very big body. You've got Jaron Jackson who scouts are drooling over thinking he's going to be a lottery pick. And then you've got Nick Ward who – uh, Wagner put on skates first and foremost, but really made look very average the entire game. It was it was the Mo Wagner show. He was clearly the best player on the court during that game, at least the most consistently. Without the foul trouble, I think it would have even been more dangerous for Michigan State. Uh, but very impressed with him, uh, and I think that as the season continues, he had another good game against Maryland where he was six for nine, hit some big shots, eighteen points total. I think the more Mo Wagner shows up and has these these games that the scouts are looking for him to have, Michigan just becomes that much more dangerous because he, he's clearly their best player. Uh, now it's just a matter of can the pieces around him put it together on the same night consistently. Yeah, Wagner was obviously exciting to watch in that Michigan State game, but I was just as excited to see that Xavier Simpson went toe-to-toe with Michigan State's defense and you know, he pretty much put on a show himself. I mean, he's somebody who is learning how to create his own shot at this point. Um, you know, he's he's always been uh, at least average at being able to find open shooters. And uh, but one thing that I'm just so impressed with is he gets to the rim like like the best point guard Michigan's had in a while. Yeah, I think I mentioned this maybe a one or two shows ago. He reminds me of like Trey Burke getting to the rim and that he's just, he's able to finish in situations where you don't think he should be able to. And as long as that continues to develop, he brings a new element to this Michigan team and to see him do it against Michigan state, you know, known known to be a, a physical defensive team. That was really encouraging to see. Yeah, one of the things that was a little startling against Maryland for him is he was basically doing the same thing he did against Michigan State, but he wasn't converting on some of the easier ones. That's that's pretty uncommon. Even Muhammad Ali Abdurrahman, outside of the very two clutch free throws, obviously, that it had at the end, same thing. He was two for nine. Simpson was two for 12 against Maryland. But what you did see against Michigan State in a, in a huge game against a top-five team on the road is a player that was toe-to-toe with Cassius Winston, with Tum Tum Naren, guys that have, have proven to be really good point guards at Michigan State, who seems to always have a pretty good point guard. And so when Xavier Simpson can go five for nine in that game, outside of missing those really bad free throws at the end, uh, I, I really think that he is a player that one a lot of us didn't expect for him to take this next step but 
I really think, like you mentioned, uh, maybe it's not as good as a Trey Burke or, or maybe even a Derek Walton in his prime last year, but he's a player who continually gets better. He seems to know where to be on the floor. He can get to the hoop, and he's making some sharp passes too. And the most impressive thing against uh, both uh, Michigan State uh, and um, Maryland is he's not afraid to, to attack the boards and get a rebound. And Michigan's been a better rebounding team overall this season and when you have a a small point guard in there ready to get a board as well that's obviously helpful and 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 guards have always been good at rebounding the ball at michigan uh so much so that they've been better than the bigs in years but he brings a lot of elements this year whereas last year was really just a defensive guy that needed to come in for relief and i'm impressed with how he's been playing Okay, against Maryland, you got to solve a puzzle for me. I don't know who to blame. Is it the fact that Michigan just couldn't finish at the rim? I mean, it wasn't even that they were missing a bunch of jumpers. It was like they were getting to the rim and just couldn't convert. Is that on them as an offense? Or did Maryland's defense really just do enough to alter practically every shot? Well, Maryland was playing really well in the first half, both offensively and defensively. Um, they're they're a good team. They're a little short, uh, one sickness, and I think a couple of injuries. Uh, but I knew that this would be a game where where Maryland's obviously going to play their hearts out and try to beat uh, a rising Michigan team. And that first half, yeah, there were opportunities that were simply missed, uh, some silly turnovers. And when you're doing that against a team that's shooting the ball well and and figuring it out offensively, uh, you're going to struggle. Luckily for Michigan, they made a small push as the first half ended. Uh, They made a huge push uh, to take the lead and even got up 10 in the second half and then kind of let it go again. So I think that there are a lot of missed opportunities. Some of that could be um, being tired from from a streak of games and knowing another one was coming. Uh, Some of it could just be the slow start that we've seen Michigan have year after year uh in a lot of games they're they're a team that has lived and and died by the three maybe not so much this year but they need shots to fall to stay in games any team does for that matter and so they struggled they shot i think 20 some percent in the first half obviously that second half they picked things up and and ended up being right around even with maryland but yeah the the points that they the the missed opportunities they had in terms of points in the paint was mind-boggling i mean it was mar it was xavier simpson it was charles matthews for some reason all of those guys three for ten two for twelve two for nine were not able to finish at the hole something that's uncommon uh, but something that needs to be fixed moving forward because there is going to be a team uh, that hits that clutch three at the end and doesn't follow michigan to give them the opportunity to win so again it, it all just means you've got to have uh, a mo wagner who wants to be a star and then a supporting cast that's ready to put it on night after night as well the second half of that maryland game i thought was the perfect example of what john beeline is willing to take as the head coach of this Michigan basketball team, you can take all the twos you want because you know we're going to get one more point when we go down and hit a three. There were was it four or five consecutive threes five. made by Michigan. It was it was five. Okay, so I was watching. I think I texted you. I was watching on my phone on mute. So it was like I was also watching a movie and I'm trying to pay attention. So it was five made threes in a row. I just thought you know that was perfect like maryland goes down and they get a a tough contested two michigan comes down great ball movement and they get an open three 
and they drill it five times in a row. Just amazing to see the way that that worked out. And that really changed the whole landscape of the game. Michigan was able to to go on and nearly blew it at the end. But uh, thank God for Mars saving the day. So I loved, I, I would love to continue to see that. Just uh, It's got to be so demoralizing for an opponent to be like, we're doing everything we can. We're hitting these tough shots. We go down and play defense and they hit a three every time. I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean the the mind blowing thing for me is forty eight points were were scored in the second half. A lot of it because of that those five consecutive three pointers. But for them to have so much trouble in the first half is is frightening because you look at, at another game that's pretty similar, uh, maybe even two. But but I th- I think of Michigan and Ohio State, a game where uh, the Wolverines were, were making the Buckeyes look silly. Uh, and the Buckeyes home court and then all of a sudden and that 10 minute period between the the start of the second half uh, and, and 10 minutes to go six points is all they scored in that game and it's they can still have these really really dry spells of scoring but then all of a sudden as a John Beeline team proves year after year they can have some of the biggest scoring spurts you've ever seen it's not very common to swish five threes and and back to back to back to back to possessions like that and it might have not been five possessions in a row but it was pretty close and that just changes the entire dynamic of a game they're able to hang on obviously and and i think steal it steal it at the end but you look at two games and you see a team who continues to fight no matter what the circumstance is you beat a top five team you were close to beating another top five team a team that's listed three now in purdue and then you hold off a team that's hungry in a Maryland, you're doing pretty well for yourselves. And I honestly think that the difference this year is the depth for Michigan. You have guys uh, like Isaiah Livers, who's now starting over Duncan Robinson, uh, Jordan Poole coming off the bench, who I thought was phenomenal, John Teske, who's at least holding his own for the most part. Uh, and then you even got Deron Simmons, who came in as the third point guard, uh, who hasn't been seeing that much action uh, behind Eli Brooks. And so you have a deeper team than I think we're used to seeing with a John Beeline team. And that obviously is beneficial as the season goes on. Okay, let's uh, fulfill one of your wishes here. We'll revisit Isaiah Livers versus Duncan Robinson. Isaiah Livers, as you said, has gotten the start the last two games. Do you have any new thoughts there? So I was always in agreement with you that I that I thought that more livers over Robinson was beneficial to Michigan. I did not think that that start would come on the road at Michigan State. I thought if he had a good game there, uh, then maybe he starts against Maryland. But sure enough, he started against Michigan State. I was impressed with what I saw. Uh, he, he's a guy who is not afraid to take his shots. He only scored six points in that game, so nothing impressive, but uh, defended really well. Uh, he defended really well against Purdue, and that's what gave him that opportunity. And then against Maryland, obviously seeing some time as well. And 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 I think for him to consistently play well, he scored seven, Robinson scored six. Um, I feel like you're pretty solid on liver starting now. Uh, and so I would just say that if anything, it solidifies our conversation of Livers is probably worth the start because of his all-around game and then the ceiling he has. Where Duncan Robinson, a quality player, still I think the only guy to make it from D3 to D1 on scholarship, I think he still serves best 
playing less minutes because really at the end of the day, like you really harped on last week, he's really more of a shooter. And, and a lot of times we make the joke of not just a shooter. It was a Nick Stauskas thing until he started throwing down tomahawks in year two. But maybe Duncan Robinson only needs to be a shooter for this team. Obviously play uh, his his own on, on defense. I can't just not guard somebody. But I think that we were spot on in the fact that Livers deserves to be playing more than Robinson. Uh, they split time against Maryland. It was 20 minutes and 20 minutes. Uh, but moving forward, I do think we'll see more livers. I really have nothing to add to that. You pretty much reiterated what I said in our last show. So we could spend the last few minutes looking ahead here to Nebraska and Rutgers. And if you get really antsy, we can even touch on Purdue, which is uh, still over a week away next Thursday. But it looks like Michigan's got two, I don't want to say gimme wins, but games that they should definitely you know probably win especially against Rutgers so it could easily make this winning streak four in a row right yeah absolutely and I think that traveling on the road in Nebraska might bring some challenges it's not a tough crowd by any means uh, but it's it's still a a road game in the Big Ten uh, and road games in the Big Ten as road games in any conference really mean a lot um, as Selection Sunday comes around. Rutgers, I mean, they took Michigan State to overtime. Uh, that was when people really started to wonder like, hey, what's going on with Michigan State? Uh, and then the Michigan, same Michigan State team loses to, to Michigan that weekend. Um, so I'm not going to say anything's going to be easy uh, moving forward, but but two big win opportunities. And I think if you can beat Michigan State after that close loss, beat Maryland, and then beat Nebraska at Rutgers, if we do look forward to Purdue, you have a lot more confidence uh, traveling to Purdue in that game because, again, you're coming off of a five or four wins at that point. The only thing that kind of worries me about Nebraska is that they're only defensive shortcoming seems to be that they give up a lot of offensive rebounds. And unfortunately for Michigan, that's not an area that they seem very concerned about. It's never been a big emphasis, I don't think, in a John Beeline offense. But they're holding opponents to a pretty low shooting percentage, both inside and outside the three-point line. I'm just worried that this might look like uh, a replica of what we saw against Maryland. And it's like, you know, how lucky can Michigan get to be able to come back and get down with like three seconds left and still win that's my only real worry here about nebraska yeah they're they're a team who who's going to play some very physical basketball and and i think again when i look at the big 10 and especially in a year where after the big 10 acc challenge a lot of people have counted out really 10 teams out of the big 10 even though a couple of them are listed on on some people's tournament resumes You've got you've got teams that no matter who comes in, whether it's a Purdue who's clearly the best in the conference, or anybody like a Michigan, Ohio State, or Michigan State that's kind of right there, two through four. Every win is huge for a team like a Maryland, for a Nebraska, for even a Rutgers. Teams that think they have a chance to to have some postseason opportunities, and so I think that when you look at a at Nebraska, it's a team who wants to defend their home court, and they're going to throw everything they can at Michigan. I think for for me, it's just going to come down to, is Michigan going to continue to have that fight that they've had all season uh, that maybe we don't see uh, in, years, in years past? They're obviously a little bit more developed and deep than they have been in years past. 
can they win games like the Maryland game, a game where they look like they were were going to get blown out, then it looked like they were in control, and then they had to steal it at the end? Can they win the close ones? Can they win the road ones? I think they beat Nebraska. I also think they uh, can beat Rutgers, and then I'm just really excited for that showdown and the rematch against Purdue. I just hope it is somehow as good as a game as the one before. We can pretty much leave it there, I think. We can hit on Purdue next week, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll have a, we'll have a lot to say about those boilermakers and uh, oh shoot, I never said Nebraska ball like I promised myself I would. Do you want to say Nebraska ball really quick? Yeah, I mean we're gonna watch some uh, the famous some famous Nebraska ball on uh, this week and and I'm excited. Nebraska ball is one of my uh, favorite features of the Big Ten. Totally kidding. I I could care less. I <laughs> I hope that. What I what I'd like to see Michigan do is pummel the team. I don't want to see oh. another nail biter. I just want to see Nebraska ball lose by thirty on the uh, at home. If I possible, was, I was totally buying your excitement there with Nebraska oh, no, ball. I fooled you, and you actually you started to get me pumped. But we'll drop it at that. We'll drop it on Derek's sarcasm. So thanks for listening to us on the Go Blue Crew. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and. Um, online at wolverinesounds.com and well, that was really oddly phrased you can find us on twitter and facebook at wolverine sounds so thanks for listening and go blue usa 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 <laughs>